Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. Somebody say, but... But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Because you're always going to find somebody that's wanting to go where you want to go. So he paid the fare thereof. If you go your own way, you're going to pay the price. And went down into it. He didn't just go there. He paid to go there. Wow. To go with them unto Tarshish. And it says it again. From the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind. Somebody say, but. See, we have buts. But so does God. And his buts are bigger than our buts. (laughs) I didn't say buts. I don't even know if I could say that from the pulpit. It's good to laugh. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid. And cried every man unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship. And he lay and was fast asleep. You know, it's a, it's a sad thing when everybody else is in turmoil about your mistake but you. Everybody else is praying about your mistake and you're asleep. Everybody else is being affected by your mistake but you're asleep. When you're asleep in the midst of the turmoil that you created, but everybody else is praying about it, look out. Because <laughs> Jonah's about to have a wake-up call. Somebody say, Jonah's about to have a wake-up call. So the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? That's great. We're all wrecked here. We're throwing valuable stuff over to try to stay afloat. And you're sleeping. There's something something not right here. Arise and call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? Amen. They want to know where you come from, what you do. Come on. He, how many know he's a prophet? 
He's a prophet under the guise of a traveler. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Amen. I want to, I want to preach to you a little while on this subject this morning. When God gets in our way. When God gets in our way, why don't you lay your Bibles down and lift your hands unto the Lord right now and just begin to call on him. God, I, I want an open heart, Lord, this morning. Come on, tell him today, Lord, I want to see what you want me to see. God, I want you, I want to hear what you want me to hear. Help me to not be distracted. Lord, help to my heart to be open unto your word today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, I pray that your will would be done in this house. Cause me to say only those things that are directed by the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you have your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. When God gets in our way. There are some concepts and principles in God's word that um, that that are eternal principles. Uh, for the purpose of of. Saving our souls. Uh, there are there are the principles of God's word are unchanging. They are uh, they they are the same. How many know He said, "My word is forever settled in heaven." Amen. I am the Lord, and I change not. Amen. The purposes and the plan of God does not change. Somebody say it does not change. How many know that the Bible tells us that by him all things consist? Amen. Everything continues in operation because of his word. Amen. When he chose the first day to dawn and spoke it into existence, how many know that the sun has been rising every day since? Amen. And the sun will never quit rising until the word of the Lord has been fulfilled and it is over. Somebody say, when God speaks, it's over. Amen. The plan and the purpose of God is paramount in this life. It is the only thing that is eternal. It is the only thing that will endure forever. And it is the only thing in our lives that will bring total and complete satisfaction and true happiness to our beings. 
Amen. It's true whether you agree with it or not. Amen. The plan and the purpose of God for your life is what's most important. Amen. The reason that this church is here is to help people find the, the plan and the purpose of God for their life. Amen. It's here so that they can get baptized into the body of Christ and they can come a part of the body of Christ in the earth. How many know that the only thing that's going to be saved from this earth is the body of Christ? It's going to be those that are in Christ, that have been baptized into Christ, that are following the will of Christ, that are following the will and the purpose of God in their lives. I'm sorry to tell you this morning, the only thing that's going to be saved is is those who have fallen upon the rock and their lives have been broken, their heart has been broken, and they have taken on the life of God. Amen. Amen. There is uh, no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We're not out there on our own doing it our own way. Somebody say amen. We submit under the authority of Jesus Christ and His church. And we fulfill the purpose that God has planned for us to fulfill. Amen. Somebody say amen. I ain't mad at anybody. Whenever you take Jonah, people start looking around. Amen. Where's Jonah at? We're all Jonah. That's why he put it in there. Look at your neighbor and say, you're Jonah too. Quit looking at me. Amen. You did it your own way too. You got your own plans too. You got your own way of thinking too. You got things that you want to do and you want to fulfill too. Come on. We, we all do. We all have flesh that needs to die. We all have a will. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he gave his life on the cross. That's why he died for us. Amen. So that we didn't have to endure that cross. So that we didn't have to have our life destroyed. He stood in our place so that he could give us the gift of his life. Come on. The life that you're supposed to be living on this earth is not your life. It's his life. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to a church this morning? That understands the concept. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Yet not I that lives in me, but Christ that liveth in me by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. The life that I live, it's not mine to boast about. It's not mine to decide about. When I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, thank you for the breath. What do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go today? How do you want me to pray today? What do you want me to fulfill today? Paul said, I die daily to my own will and my own way. Elbow your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And he heard it. Somebody say, he heard it. He couldn't say, well, I misunderstood. The word of the Lord came to Jonah for one purpose. For him, first for him to hear it and then for him to fulfill it. To do what the Lord had purposed for him to do. Well, Jonah had his own way of thinking. And he had his own plan. First of all, I don't like Nineveh. Read it. Read the, read the history behind it. I don't like Nineveh. They deserve to be destroyed. Why would I go preach to people that deserve to be destroyed? Because God is merciful. And before God can bring judgment, He always extends His hand of mercy. 
because that's just who he is. Before he ever brings judgment, he always extends his hand of mercy to give you an opportunity, to give us an opportunity to repent. Jonah made his own decision. He's like, well, he, he didn't really say anything. He just got up and the Bible says he arose. Nineveh's over here. He said... Put on his cloak of covering and went the way he wanted to go. He's, uh, some people would say, well, that's no big crime. You know, that's no, uh, that's no big issue. It wasn't like that, that he was uh, uh, doing something uh, ungodly or uh, committing great sin. Well, I beg your pardon. If you're not for him, you're against him. And if you gather not with him, you're scattering abroad. That's what he said. If you're not for him, you're against him. That means you're either on his side or you're fighting against him. Somebody say amen. Either you're on God's side, doing it his way, or you are resisting God and you're fighting against him. And that, that's not the, the, the only thing here. We need to understand that he gives grace to the humble. But he resists the proud. Okay, so there's a concept in Scripture here that we need to understand. If you have a pride in your heart and you refuse to do what God wants you to do and go where God wants you to go and be who God is calling you to be, then God resists you. Us. and say you. He resists us. And so the moment Jonah decided to do it his own way, to go his own way, to do what he wanted to do rather than what God wanted him to do, all of a sudden there's a resistance from the Spirit of God and God immediately started resisting him. Okay, So when we decide in our heart that we're going to do it our own way, God will resist us. Amen. Because the only way that you're going to live is going to be for Him. When He's got a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, He's got grace and mercy poured out upon your life, a word of God for your life, an eternal purpose in the heavens planned and destined for your life, He's not going to let you flush it down the toilet just because you want to do it your own way. And so he'll stand in your way. Our way. <laughs> he stands in our way. I'm so thankful the times that God stood in my way. Thank you for not letting my way prosper. Somebody say amen. Thank you for not letting my plans go the way I wanted them to go. For had they gone the way I wanted them to go, I would not be standing right here today declaring the word of the good Lord to Cambridge, Ohio under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Joseph was brought up as daddy's favorite. He, was, he had the coat of many colors. He had the favor of his dad upon his life above all of his brethren. He was educated above them. He was kept in and educated so that he could be the one. How many know Jacob had him set aside to be the one? Joseph was told from the moment he was just a little sprout. You're daddy's favorite. You know that, don't you? You're going to do great things. The hand of God is upon your life. You see this coat that I've made for you? Amen. It was a coat of favor. Somebody say it was a coat of favor. It was a coat of blessing. It was a coat of definition. It defined who he was to his daddy. Come on. It defined the plan that his earthly daddy had for him. It defined the purpose that he had for him. When he went out to find his brother and he was wearing the coat. Somebody say he was wearing the coat. Amen. 
going where he wanted to go, doing what he wanted to do. Little did he know that his life would be interrupted. Amen. Sometimes God interrupts our lives where we're at to take us somewhere else where we're needed and where we're purposed to be. Sometimes God will interfere in your circumstance. And in the moment, it looks like a total uh, destruction of all that you've worked for and all that you labored for. But understand today that God's favor and his plan is bigger than a coat. It's bigger than a family. It's bigger than one place or one land. It is bigger. Amen. Joseph, they stripped, his brothers stripped him of his coat, threw him in, in a pit where he couldn't get out of himself. And he's crying for his life, not understanding why in the world this is happening to me. Why is it happening? I don't understand. They dug him out and they sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. And here he goes to Egypt behind a wagon train of merchants going to Egypt, about to be sold as a slave with no no understanding of why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? Can I just tell you this morning that that wagon train was a vehicle to take him to his eternal destiny and the saving of his family? He didn't understand it in the moment, but it got him where he needed to be. Don't question God. Just follow the path that he's laid for you. Hey Amen. He didn't give up. He didn't back down. He stayed with it. He was sold into, into Potiphar's house as a slave, but he was elevated to the head over Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lied on him, tried to get him to lie with her. He would not. He said, I will not sin against my God. He was thrown back into prison. Why, Lord, why? But at the end of the day, he was exalted as second in charge in Egypt. He was exalted because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. He was exalted and put as head over uh, feeding the whole world. Amen. So as his brethren came to Egypt to buy grain, it was Joseph that they were asking to buy grain from. It was Joseph and the plan and the purpose of God that had taken place in his life. It was Joseph the whole time. Somebody say amen. They thought, well, he's going to destroy us now, surely. Amen. But Joseph understood something at that moment in his life. That God's plan is bigger than my feelings. You know that? God's plan is bigger than my feelings. And Joseph's in a place where he can destroy those people that seemingly destroyed him years ago. You know that if we hold on to things from the past and offenses from the past, if we hold on to things that, that kind of put us on a, a fast track to get where we're at right now, if we, if we hold those grudges against those people, you know that we are giving them a power above God. That it was their choice that, that put me in prison. It was their choice. But they, you have to understand anything that God allows... Joseph understood. He said, those things you meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. Not only for my good, but for your good. Somebody say amen. You might be questioning where you're at right now. You might be sitting in this church not, not even knowing how you're going to put one foot in front of the, uh, the other tomorrow. Questioning the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God for your life. How in the world can I end up here not having any answers? I, I know uh, here's what you need to do. You need to submit to the plan and the will of God and say, Lord, I'm going to humble myself under your mighty hand. And he said, if you do that, I will exalt you in due time. I will lift you up. I will exalt Exalt you in the place that I have purposed for you to be. But if you resist, God resisteth the proud. You know, you look up that word resisted and it means it takes up, it means taking up warfare against. 
So the moment that Jonah went his own way, God took up some warfare against him. Wow. Yeah. God started working against him because he's working against God. I'm just trying to mind my own business, go my own way, he's saying. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going my own way. I, I'm not doing that. I, I've decided that I'm done being a prophet. I'm done, I, I'm done speaking the word of the Lord. I, I, I'm done going where God wants me to go. That if that's the case, you don't want to do it God's way. You can go your own way if you want to. You can do it your own way if you want to. Amen. You, you, but if you resist the hand and the purpose of God on your life, you're resisting more than just going to Nineveh. Come on. You're resisting the hand and the blessing of God upon your life. You're resisting the anointing of God upon your life. You're resisting protection and deliverance for your life. You're resisting eternal salvation for your life. You're resisting provision for your life. That wasn't God's choice. That was Jonah's choice. He said, I'm going to buy me a ticket. Tarsus. Why Tarsus? Well, because it's opposite of Nineveh. Because, listen to me. When we refuse to do it God's way, we will do the opposite. Am I right? You start resisting God's word for your life, you'll start doing the opposite. Because there's no in-between. You're either going or you're not. Come on. You're either for me or you're against me. Nowhere does he say there's people riding the fence. They are either working for God or they're working against God. They're either warring with him or warring against him. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in unison and unity with the plan and the purpose and the will of God for my life. I want his hand of blessing and protection upon me. I want his wind behind me, not against me, for me, not contrary to me somebody said well the devil's just been fighting me has he you know i mean uh maybe it's god <laughs> have you considered that have you considered that 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 maybe you're having such a hard time is because god's fighting you Well, the devil's just trying to destroy me. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if, if, if God was going to allow the devil to destroy you, you would be dead. The only reason that we're still alive is because God hasn't given up on us. Period. The only reason that I still have breath in my body is because God's given me the mercy and compassion of another day to get it right and to get it worked out. The reason you have breath in your lungs, it's not because you preserved yourself. It's not because you eat healthy. It's not because you always do what's right. It's because the mercy of God has not given up on your life. If he had given up on you, you'd be six foot under. Amen. feel like preaching. Elbow your neighbor and say, God hasn't given up. But he will resist you. He will not let you do things that are going to compromise the call of God in your life. Come on. He will not allow you to do things. Come on. That, that, that's heading you in the wrong. When he's spoken a word over your life, he, you take it to the bank. He wants to fulfill it. If you want to live contrary to God your whole life and experience what Jonah was going through, you can do that. But that's not the will of God for your life. Your, the will of God for your life is to humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can change your circumstances. Mm. The wind began to blow. Jonah's on a boat. He paid for the boat. 
Notice it says he paid for it. God didn't pay for it. He paid for it. The things that God wants us to have, he'll pay for. I, I believe it. I'm not talking about monetary things. Because where the finger of God points, the hand of God always provides. Come on, the reason why some of us have it so hard is because we were dead set on doing it our own way, our own thing, the way that we want to do it. And the reason it's so hard and it will not prosper is because God's wanting you to go a different direction and you keep trying to do the same old thing over and over and over and over and over. Well, I guess it's not just God's will for me to prosper. It's not God's will for me to have something. How about changing the way that you're going? Do some repenting in your life and turn it over to God and He will pour into your life the things necessary for your survival. Amen. The wind began to blow. Jonah's on a ship going the wrong direction with the wrong people. And the storm comes up. And this is not just any storm. This is a godsend storm. When God sends a storm, no skills going to get you through it. These were mariners, these were sailors, these were people that were experts in the trade. They knew the sea. They worked in the sea. They sailed the sea. They understood the sea. Amen. And, and they, they understood at some point that this storm is far beyond just a normal storm. This storm is not something we can survive by continuing to go the way that we're going. Come on. This is not a storm that we're going to live through unless we figure some things out. Come on. They understood that this kind of storm we're not going to get through on our own by ourselves with our own expertise our own knowledge, our own understanding, and our own wisdom. We're going to have to do some searching. You know, when it's uh, beyond us, it's, it's from Him. It's, when it's beyond us, it's from Him. Even these heathens, they didn't know God. They had their own gods. They all called on their own gods. They began to call on their own gods when they didn't have answers. They, and guess what? Their gods didn't answer because their gods aren't living. Come on. How many know that, 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 that the God that needed to be called on was the God that was transgressed against? Amen. But Jonah was asleep in the bottom of the ship. Has anybody ever been on rough water? You, you know what it is to be on rough water. I was, on a, I was on a fishing boat one time in the Atlantic Ocean. And we weren't even out very far. And it was really windy that day. And that boat was... I mean, it was one after another... It was relentless, and I was like, God help me. What was I thinking? How many get seasick? The waves should affect us. They should. The storm should affect us. The bashing of the waves and the blowing of the wind should have an impact on us. We should, 
if we're feeling the bashing of the waves and the blowing of the wind, and we know that we're in the middle of a storm, we, it should impact our decision making. And we should start looking around. Our, these guys started looking around and thinking, Look, well, what do we got to do to get this to stop? Because this is not just a normal wind. This is not just a, a, a normal wave. This is, this is relentless. This is different. Come on. Who, uh, we, need to, we need to repent. Fall on our knees. They begin to throw things overboard that were valuable. Try to lighten the ship. So they were doing what they could do to try to stay afloat, but to no avail. And Jonah is asleep. I wanted to call this asleep in the storm that was meant to wake you up. Amen. What does God have to do? What does he have to do? What does God have to do to get us to understand that his way is the best way? What does he have to do? He's, he's resisting your, your, your going down to destruction. He is resisting you falling away from grace. He is resisting you uh, from going your own way and destroying your life and your family. Come on. He's resisting you by letting this wind come up in your life. The wind is not sent to destroy you, but it's sent to resist you. And the whole time that he's trying to get Jonah's attention. Jonah is asleep in the bottom of the ship letting somebody else fight the battle for him. Well, the time has come where it's time for God to wake us up and cause us to realize that he's not going to allow others to fight for you. It's time to fight for your own soul. He said, wake up, old sleeper. Wake up, sleeper. Everybody's in chaos on the boat. Running around, working, praying, calling on their God, trying to get things figured out, trying to stay afloat, praying, seeking, looking, trying to find a way through. Everybody on the boat is in chaos and Jonah's asleep. That makes me mad. Have you ever been working? And you're running around doing the job of five people and there's somebody sitting there with their feet propped up? You're like, hey! Is this break time? Will my feet hurt? They should hurt. Come on, get up, lazy bones, and get a hand in this. Come on, get up and take notice of what's going on around you. Amen. It don't even affect you that others are working and laboring and you're just sitting there sleeping and not helping and not lifting your load, not doing what God has called you to do. It's time. It is high time to wake out of sleep, to get off our beds, to become aware of what's happening around us and get a hand in the solution. The reason he was sleeping is because he didn't want to know what was going on. You know, there's times when it's one thing after another. And there's times where being a pastor, it gets heavy. One thing after another. And there's times where I'm like, okay. going to sleep. How many have ever been there? Because sleep is the only place where you can find rest. Amen. Asleep is the only place where you can get away from what's happening around you. But hear me tonight. Until you confront and become aware of the things that are happening around you, you cannot and will not reach the place where you can turn around. Let me, let me, let me put it more clear. Joseph 
Joseph. Jonah. I'm still in Joseph. Once Jonah woke up and started looking around and seeing what was going on, he knew immediately. He knew immediately. They're like, okay, everybody. It's time to come in here. And we're going to cast lots. And the man it falls on, you got some explaining to do. Fell on Jonah. Yeah, it's me. It's me. Well, we, what are we supposed to do with you? <sighs> Throw me overboard. to save this ship is to get rid of me. They tried to do it another way. Wouldn't work. Finally, they came back to Jonah. They said, man, we hope God's with you because... Uh, And you know, <laughs> it doesn't say that Jonah jumped overboard. It says that they threw him overboard. Because even though he knew it was him, and everybody on the boat knew it was him, he still didn't have the nerve to throw himself out of the boat. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever stood on a boat and looked over at the raging sea and thought, man, I'd hate to be in there. There's a lot of uncertainty in there. Nobody wants to cast themselves into the middle of a storm in a typhoon. Right? I don't think any of us have the nerve to throw yourself over in the middle of a typhoon. So the only way to get it accomplished was for them to get a hold of him and say, off you go. I know this is sobering. It really is. It's sobering for all of us. But there are some Jonas on our boat that we need to handle, get them off our boat. And there are some of us that are Jonas that we need to come to grips with the fact that if we don't get it straightened out, come on, if we don't make up our mind that we're gonna uh, that we're gonna go God's way, there's gonna be some things take place in our world that we're not going to enjoy for the sake of saving our soul. You know, they had to throw him over for him to turn to God. <laughs> they threw him over the boat, and God had prepared a big fish. Because that's just how God is. Swallowed him up. Now, if you're a person that don't like details, you might get queasy at the thought of being in the belly of a big fish. But God knew what it was going to take to turn Jonah. 
and he prepared the circumstance and the situation to turn Jonah in the direction that he wanted him to go. You know, all the prayers and, and all of the, the, the seeking of the ship members and, and, and all their calling on God and trying to get it right, that they could not, their prayers could not turn Jonah. How many know that the circumstances that fell upon him had to be ordered in his life so that he would understand this is the way that I got to go. This is the way that I have to live. And God, if you'll give me one more chance, if you'll give me one more chance if, at life, if you'll give me one more chance to get it right. If, if you'll give me one more chance, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll live the way you want me to live. I'll do what you want me to do. If you'll give me one more day, if you'll give me one more chance, I'll go. I'll preach. I'll go. I'll speak. I'll do whatever you're calling me to do. Three belly, three nights, three days and three nights in the belly of that fish. Jonah said, okay, I'm ready. All right. Okay, I'm ready. You know, somebody would say, why would a loving God, why would he do that to somebody? That, that's serving him and that loves him. What about all the good that he did? Well, man, when you change directions, you change teams. And the reason he would do it is because he loves him. And that plan and that purpose of God is bigger than just Nineveh. It's eternal. Come on, it's connected to who you are beyond this life. Amen. It's eternal. Amen. That word that's spoken over Jonah's life, that's just not some prophecy in a two-bit sanctuary somewhere where some man's operating in his own spirit. That came from the throne of God. Amen. The word of God came from the throne of God over his life, and it's not to be trifled with. This is not a game. This is not a game that we play on Sunday mornings where we can come and play patty cake together and sing some songs and just feel the presence of God so that we could just, just live happy lives. It's about an eternal plan and purpose far beyond this life. He could have sent any prophet. He could have got a hold of any other prophet and sent him. He could have, he could have let Jonah go, let him perish in the storm, and sent somebody else. But no, he loved Jonah so much that he troubled him. He loved Jonah so much that he resisted him. He loved Jonah so much he would not let him go the way he wanted to go, do what he wanted to do. He loved him so much that he prepared a fish for him. Oh, he prepared it for him. Oh, he prepared it to get him back on the right track. <laughs> if Jonah would not have repented, he would have perished. He would have. He, he, he would have died in that belly, in the belly of that fish. But the moment that his heart turned back towards God, he spewed him up. And I believe that some people, I don't know, it's not written in there. I believe that the whole time that Jonah was in the belly of the fish, that the whale was headed in the right direction. Because Jonah was going, but the fish was going. Come on. 
The whole time, I believe the whole time that he was in the belly of that fish, the three, the days that he spent trying to go the wrong direction, that God had him in that the same amount of days so that he could bring him back to the place where he decided he took a wrong turn and went the wrong direction so he could spew him out right in the place that he left from so he could pick up his Bible, so he could pick up his scroll and go to Nineveh. Come on. I hope he took a shower first. Because he probably smelled like something dead. The moment he repented, it turned for him. It turned for him. The fish spewed him out. Jonah had a new day, a new life. And he went and he did what God. God, stand with me if you would. Come to the music. Every one of us, we are free moral agents. We, we have the right to choose. We do. We have the right to choose where we're going to go, what we're going to do. We are ultimately the captains of our own destiny. That's what we teach as human beings, and, and that's what most of us believe. But there are moments There are times when if you're going to go that way, God's going to make it hard on you. If you're going to do those things, God's going to be the one resisting you. Amen. Because that's not his will for your life. That's not his purpose for your life. And once he puts his seal on you, when he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he meant it. Not just for a moment so you could feel good. Come on, not just for a moment so you could experience peace in your life. But that is God's eternal spirit. Carrying with it everything That, that, that relates to you in eternity. It's coupled in that spirit. Deep calleth unto deep. Spirit to spirit. How know we the things of God? Save the spirit of God be in us. Come on. Everything that God has for us, it comes to us through the spirit of God. And when, we, when he gave us the Holy Ghost, he gave us the purpose, the will, and the plan of God. He put his mark, his stamp of approval upon your life and said, this is mine. This is under the authority of, of my will, of my purpose. There's a plan that's been written about in the heavens about your life and God's not going to let that go easy. Even if you don't value it, God values it. And he values it enough to interrupt your plans and make it hard for you to do what you want to do and to go where you want to go 
when you're not heading the direction that he has called you to go. Come on, somebody. That trouble. There's going to be some people under the sound of my voice. You're going to experience things that's going to point you in the right direction. You're going to go through some circumstances that's going to get your eyes on Jesus. But that's not because he hates you or dislikes you or is mad at you. It's because you fit into the plan and the purpose of God and he loves you enough to fight for it. He's going to take up warfare. Keep praying the prayers, Debbie. Keep praying. Keep speaking those things. Keep uttering the word of God. Keep doing what you're doing. Let God do the warfare. Let God do the fighting because he'll resist them. He'll stand against them. Come on. He's going to work against it until it produces repentance. He's thankful for the goodness of God. I can't preach any harder than I'm preaching this morning. It's just coming straight from my gut, from my heart. When we think about the goodness of God, we think about health think about moments of serenity, happiness, peace. That's what we think about. But that's not the goodness of God. The goodness of God is the fish. The goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. Read the scripture. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God is that thing that he put in your way to keep you from wrecking your own life. Come on. The goodness of God is the thing that was prepared for you to keep you from going to the down the road to destruction. The goodness of God is that thing that he placed in your way to keep you from walking away from your calling, to keep you from falling into sin, to keep you from going into gross darkness and being lost for eternity. The goodness of God is a circumstance he will create for us to get our heads turned, to get our attention. And and make us aware of our eternal souls. The goodness of God is the fish and it will prepare you. Yeah, it's dark and it hurts and it's not fun, but understand that sometimes God's got to accomplish things in our lives that will get our attention so that we'll understand his sovereignty, his power, and his love over our lives. Jonah, I am a representation of the goodness of God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are far above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. So are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. Why don't we as a family right now lift our hands to the Lord and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Come on, he said, humble yourself. Come on, humble yourself or you will be humbled. Don't resist, don't resist. Don't be proud and resist the hand of God working right now and speaking to you in this moment. Don't resist it, come on. Don't resist the plan and the purpose of God is bigger than you. If you resist it, if you resist it, there are consequences. If you resist it, he'll stand in your way. If you resist it, Lord, 
Let that be our prayer right now. I'm yours, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go, God. I'll do what you want me to do, Jesus. Lord, I've lost control of my circumstance. I've headed down the wrong road. I don't know what, how it's going to happen or what's going to turn out. You don't have to throw me overboard. God, who would say that this morning? That I am your servant. I am one of your people. And I'm going to go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. Is there anybody this morning that would make your way to the front and say, God, I'm yours. I'm in your hands. You don't have to throw me overboard. You don't have to prepare a big fish for me. You don't have to make an example out of me for many to, to read of and hear for years to come. You don't have to, God. I'm prepared to humble myself under your mighty hand. I'm prepared to humble myself before you that you might exalt me and lift me up. I'm prepared, Lord, to submit my will unto you, to submit my circumstance, my decisions, the way that I'm living unto you. I'm prepared, God, to lay myself on the altar today, God. You don't have to half kill me. You don't have to destroy my way of life. You don't have to do things to stand in my way. Lord, I'm turning towards you today. I'm turning towards you with all of my heart. I want your will. I want your eternal plan and your eternal purpose. I want it all, God. I want everything that you have for me. Come on, somebody respond to the preaching today. Let your heart cry. Let your heart cry. My heart's been set against your will. My heart has been set against what you have desired for my life. My heart has been set against it, and I've been going the wrong way. And God, I feel you resisting me. I feel you creating warfare against me, God. And I understand that's your love for me. That's your desire for my life. And I turn towards you this morning. Come on. I turn towards you with all of my heart. I won't make decisions without you. I won't go anywhere without you, God. Not without your purpose in mind, Jesus. you would release repentance unto life. I pray, God, that you would release it onto every person under the sound of my voice. Repentance unto life, God. It's your goodness that leadeth us to repentance. God, I pray that you would create an atmosphere, a circumstance, a situation that would produce repentance. True, heartfelt repentance. True and heartfelt conversion, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.